to our very first episode of Kohi Chats, a session where James and I basically drink coffee and talk about all things interesting that have happened in our lives thus far. Right, so Regina, for our very first episode, what are we going to be talking about? Well, you know, you know, you know, you know. Right, so for our very first episode, we have this very interesting topic that has been... Um, no, not topic, app actually, right? That has been taking the world by storm. In fact, I think a lot of people knew about this app now because of a certain someone. <laughs> that certain someone being Mr. Elon Musk himself. And if right. you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the app called Clubhouse. Woohoo! So, so Regina, can you tell us more, a bit more about Clubhouse? Because you have been there for a bit more time than I do. And um, yeah, you have done your research and also you understand the, um, the background of the, of the app itself. Well, you know, first of all, I, I just wanted to, you know, take this opportunity to say congratulations, James. You are finally on the app as of last week. Right. So basically what happened over the last week was, um, you know, Clubhouse used to be, I mean, Clubhouse is an invitation-only app that houses audio chat rooms that center on a variety of topics available only for iOS users right now, right? right? And traditionally, or I, I say as if like, you know, this app has been a long, uh, around for a very long time, but when the app first started in March of 2020, it was only available for a select group of users and specifically based in the US, if I'm not wrong. So these select group of users are typically your celebrities, um, well-known tech executives, venture capitalists, cer certain politicians and, and whatnot. So over the past week or week or two, I have noticed an influx of um, Southeast Asian uh, users into the app and users from Singapore, Indonesia, even down to like um, Japan and Hong Kong as well. Uh, so more and more users are getting onto the app definitely. But the, the biggest highlight of the past week uh, and maybe riding on to why this app is getting more and more hype as we speak is because Elon Musk himself appeared on the app <laughs> on Monday. Like that was like, what, five days ago? Right. In <laughs> fact, that was the day that I got the app itself. I immediately, the moment I saw Elon's tweet, I just downloaded the app and my friend managed to bump me up the waitlist. Wow, no, that's that's incredible. Like usually people would be like signing up, uh, registering for the waitlist and then they have to wait indefinitely either for someone in their context to invite them in hmm. or they basically wait until, you know, it's their turn via like a queuing system on the waitlisting uh, thingy that the Clubhouse app is designed to do. Uh, so basically on the app, right, anyone can start a chat room and become the moderator who leads the conversation and anyone who enters the room as a listener is muted by default and can request to be a speaker whenever he or she wants to chime in. Now, some rooms have a few people, some rooms have hundreds and occasionally there are thousands. So the experience is walking like walking into a conference room where there is a panel discussion happening and if you are multitasking you and listening at the same time it's essentially like listening to a podcast which to me honestly it's a very cool experience at first but honestly it can get pretty distracting especially if you are doing work and listening to the same time uh, but that being said you know there could be hundreds of concurrent conversations happening and people can basically move fluidly between different rooms and between different conversations as you speak or as you lis listen. Essentially, to me, I feel like this is, I mean, this 
the existence of an audio only platform is a very interesting addition to the social media world specifically because right now instead of having visuals to build your brand upon it's essentially you relying on your own voice and whatever content that you put out uh to form your brand which i think to me is a little bit scarier than having visuals because i feel like by you know eliminating all your other senses and only leaving that sense of hearing in place I feel like there is less of a facade for you to hide behind. Like whatever you put out there is raw, it's honest, and there's like pe- if people were to find fault in you, it's easier for them to do so. You know, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like you are being judged by what you speak about, like what you say, what um the knowledge that you share within the app itself. Um, people are judging you because well, they can only hear your voice exactly and nothing else. Like exactly, you, you may not be the previous person or are the most charismatic but once your voice is out there people judge you based on the content that you say but that's the point right also because even though there could be cons or there could be something that uh, Clubhouse is bringing new to the table along with it it also brings a new way for non-creators traditionally or people who do not fit the mold of what it means to be like popular or pretty or handsome and whatnot mm. to become a creator in their own right mm. right like building a new social status uh, on a new platform that judges people differently from a traditional social media means right okay right mm. regina maybe you can tell us more about this app how like how it was founded like we understood from you how the app works but maybe we want to know more about like how the app started and what's happening um, within the VC scene right now. Right, sure. So basically, the app was founded back in March 2020. That was when it was launched and uh, only available to the select group of people that I mentioned earlier. So, and uh, fast forward a few months down to May 2020, they reached uh, 1.5k users, around sorry, around 270 uh, daily active users. And at that point in time, they raised a $10 million Series A round led by Andreessen Horowitz at a $100 million valuation with zero revenue. (laughs) Zero revenue. Exactly. So that's about two months, three months? Exactly. Two, three months (laughs) of uh, operating at the beta stage, by the way, only available to select group of users and specifically iOS users. But then the story doesn't end there amazingly. So fast forward nine months later, in January 2021, which is last month, they achieved a 1,000x growth in terms of user numbers to about 2 million weekly users. And they raised an additional $100 million in Series B round led by Andreessen Horowitz again, but at a $1 billion valuation. Still with zero revenue, but this time they became a unicorn. Still, wow. Come on. <laughs> that's, that's pretty insane. That's a unicorn. I that's mean, hats a, off to them, man. That's a literal unicorn. It's <laughs> I a, know. Like, it's <laughs> mythical. It's like you have zero revenue, $1 billion valuation, and Anderson Horowitz doubled down on this app. That's just insane. That's just insane. Well, I mean, like, I mean, if you were to follow traditional investing school of thoughts, like usually people would, would value valuation on a certain multiple over like your revenue, for example. Right. And like, in this case, they are not monetizing at the moment. They could be in the future, and maybe that's what Andreessen Horowitz is banking upon, mm. uh, leveraging on this like first mover advantage as an investor into a new social media startup right. that's tapping onto a new trend and not letting that go. And I think it's very interesting because by nature of having such a high-profile VC investing in this new uh, new age 
social media startup, it sort of lands over a high bar of social currency to the app itself. Because Clubhouse was not the first audio-only chat app. You have other competitors as well. For example, like Chalk app. And I'm just like name-dropping at this point. But then my point here is there were at least like four or five other audio-only apps that existed before Clubhouse, but none of them actually took off at the speed that Clubhouse had. Right. So now that you mention it, Anderson Horowitz uh, is betting on them, essentially, right? Maybe is it because of the founders? Because, well, it's zero revenue, but it's $1 billion valuation. Maybe is, are the, rev- like the founders something special? Or is there something special about them? That's, in- that's an interesting point to think about because, um, you know, drawing on my experience working in the venture capital world, like relationship between an investor and a founder does play a role in an eventual you know, uh, realization of a funding round. So in the case of Clubhouse and its relationship with the lead investor representative from Andreessen Horowitz, who is, uh, I think, Andrew. Basically, Andrew knew one of the founders, I think, like a decade ago. Mm. And at the same time, a decade ago, the founders of Clubhouse, uh, who are Paul Davison and Rohan Seth, they were already kind of like friends or maybe acquaintances. And these two founders in particular, they have been working on building social apps for the past decade. And obviously, none of them have taken off, but with each experience that they had building a new social app, they gained experience from it. And eventually, they were able to find a an inflection point tapping onto audio specifically that birthed the the formation of Clubhouse. And because they already had prior relationships to the investor, uh, and the investor already knew how their working styles were like, their, their, what they think about social and what their visions are for social, I think that played a role in making it easier for the investor to believe in them. Because, I mean, if you are, be, if you are investing early stage or you are investing in a company pre-revenue, you are more or less betting on the founder as much as betting on the future of the industry itself. Mm, that's an interesting insight right there. So I guess um, no matter what, uh, when, you found, when you start a company, um, your profile as a founder does matter to the VCs that are going to invest in your mm-hmm. company. But I would also like to just reiterate, right? Like Clubhouse wasn't an overnight success, right? These founders, they have been building social apps for the past decade and their main role was just to constantly iterate, trying out new things to bring people together under a common theme of spontaneity that social media is basically all about. So basically, they, when they, before they even thought about Clubhouse, they thought about the idea of audio and they, thought, they told themselves, okay, let's give ourselves just one last try to try to, track, uh, tr- try to crack sorry, a new social graph. Uh, and that was how it was born. And I'm very happy that it su- succeeded. And I think, I do believe that it's going to succeed in future. Right. Oh, but, but then, um, I want to know about this optimism of yours. Because you mentioned that Clubhouse wasn't the first um, voice-only app or social media out there. In fact, I think there are a few competitors of Clubhouse, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Could, maybe you can talk more about that, Regina? So, okay. So, on the topic of competitors and, and why I think Clubhouse is as at an advantage, it's on two or three fronts, right? So, firstly, when you look at the formation or founding of Clubhouse by itself, it is an exclusive app. And this works in their favor because this helps them to do content seeding by leveraging or relying on the quality of content that these celebrities, these venture capitalists, these tech executives were to put out. So I thought this was 
a very very smart move in that they don't immediately open the floodgates to everybody to talk about whatever they want to talk about because then you can't really control the quality of the content which is ultimately what uh what leads to user stickiness and user retention and things like that so that's number that's number one thing that they 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 did right uh, of course i mean that social currency arguably is also like uh built on top of the reputation of the vc that invested into them but other than that you know if you look at the competitor landscape you have players like discord you have players like uh chalk water cooler yak media and even more recently twitter spaces um but to me i think even if say like for example twitter spaces were to eventually like become more uh widely used more mainstream i still think clubhouse will be there to stay because i mean if you take a look at history right snapchat started instagram copied both are still around snapchat is still doing as well as instagram stories right now right. arguably so uh so that is just like an extrapolation of what has happened historically and therefore that's one reason why i think clubhouse is here to stay but more importantly if you think about clubhouse as a new platform for people to build a new social status on it will be incredibly helpful because in a way if you already have a presence on twitter or the lack thereof having a standalone app that has already gained credibility that has already gained certain level of social currency uh gives anyone essentially a space to start afresh right start afresh to build a new reputation as the go-to guy for topic x or y alternatively it could build on top of your reputation that you have already on twitter mm. So this point is very important because if you already have a reputation on Twitter, maybe building on top of that is not good, or maybe building on top of that is good. It could work both ways, um, and it also builds on top of the the point of why there are many social media apps in the first place because each platform serves a different purpose. It helps you develop different identities. Like the James on Instagram is different from the James on Facebook. It's different from the James on Quora. It might be different from the James from TikTok, definitely. Right, Definitely. so so that's why I think that uh, this standalone app will be the first app that allows people to build an audio identity within the realms of social media itself. Right, and adding on from what we mentioned earlier, where um, people in Clubhouse they are judged by the knowledge that they share or by their voice only, right? So I guess um, let's say that I have a bad reputation in Twitter, for example, I could built out this brand new identity in Clubhouse and nobody knows. Exactly. Right. That's, so that's, that's the magic of social media. But then, um, speaking of Twitter, like, like you said, like Twitter ex ha is a public company. They know how to monetize um, their app, their social media. But wh when you see Clubhouse, what, how, how do you think they can monetize? I mean, for sure, as a VC yourself, right? Um, you want your portfolio company to be able to make money. That's when you can get your 10x returns, 20x returns. And well, I just want to know from um, your VC perspective, how do you think Clubhouse can monetize in the future? Just, just, just a wild guess maybe. maybe. Of course, we are not the executive in Clubhouse. We don't know what's the idea um, to, to monetize. Mm -hmm. But yeah, maybe from your experience as a VC, Right. I guess given how like how much of a blank canvas Clubhouse is still currently undergoing through, I mean is currently is, uh I don't think like it's I mean it's very easy for people to say, Oh, let's slap on a layer of ad revenue and that would be like the typical social media monetization path. But because Clubhouse can be 
created or directed in a way whereby it can be creative focused, that makes it a little bit different from your traditional uh, user first kind of social media app. So monetization plans or ideas for Clubhouse can include things like, uh, you know, having features for users to tip creators, uh, having users subscribe to certain creators, subscribe to certain rooms, and then have Clubhouse take a cut out of that uh, user uh, payment. That could be one way. Um, alternatively, you know, one feature that I wished Clubhouse had from the start was these reaction emojis. You know what? In, do you know what I'm referring ah, to? Right, because on Clubhouse, you don't actually get to react. You just like once you're a listener, you're just a very passive listener. Exactly. Un- unless you get like you raise your hands up and then somebody makes a speaker, then you can put your opinion in. But yes, otherwise, yes. you're just a passive listener. You can't react to it. You, they don't know what whether you are resonating with the topic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess a reaction emoji could be a way to monetize for Clubhouse. Yeah, and it, if you think about it, it's not only useful for users who want to react to certain things that the speakers have said. It's also useful if like a speaker wants to invite someone from the audience to come up. And like if the audience member is currently multitasking or is like working or cooking, it's not very convenient for the person to speak. You know what I mean? Uh, so in that case, right now, there's no way for the person to uh, decline that offer without seeming as if like the person just outrightly declined. Like if there could be like a like a, an emoji that says, you know, hey, busy now or, or I'll talk later. It gives a signal, at least, the, at least the person who is inviting you on stage to speak knows that, you know, it's not because like the person doesn't like you and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I think secondarily, I'm pretty sure because this is a new app and this, this is an app whereby you really have to put yourself out there, I'm pretty sure there are people who are not comfortable speaking. Like, this could be their first time like speaking or rather like doing like a public speaking mode kind of thing to a wide audience. And... I mean, using this emoji reaction feature can help make this uh, putting yourself out there uh, type of interaction more comfortable for people who are still trying to get used to learning how to speak on the app. Right, definitely. Um, and that gives me an idea, actually. Maybe, um, are you aware of Discord? Yes. Um, yeah, so uh, I've been using Discord uh, for quite some time. And I do notice that one way Discord monetize is by using this feature called uh, Server Boost or Nitro. Oh, so okay. it's um, kind of like a subscription, and what it does is it allows the server owners to upgrade the servers to incorporate uh, more emojis, uh, more reactions, um, and also incorporate more bots into the server itself. So, what do you think? I think like for Clubhouse, I think they could implement similar feature where um, uh, the club owner or the room owner decides to, hey, I want to make my room more sustainable, uh, more widespread, and I want to grow my club, for, mm-hmm. for example, and they decide to engage on this um, server boost feature that Clubhouse may provide in the future, such that um, there are more things that the server can do. Of course, I mean, just going back to the Elon Musk example, right? Like when he entered the app on Monday, like, peop- like people knew in advance that he was coming and people were like creating, you know, rooms after room. So there was one main room where Elon Musk was in and then there were at least like eight other spillover rooms in case people can't get into the main room because one room has a limitation of like 5,000 people. So <laughs> when, when, he ca- when the session actually started, the servers just broke. 
Like from my experience, I couldn't even get into a single room until after like ten tries. So right, I, right. So, so, so I mean, this is I mean, no doubt, Clubhouse is still a, an early stage company. They there is still a lot of room for them to grow in in terms of tech infrastructure. But then, if they were to turn, uh, the tech infrastructure as a cost center to a revenue generating, uh, function for the business, I think that's a good idea. It is, and it's not necessarily a bad thing that they are going copying Discord. I don't see this as a copying mechanism. I just seeing, I just see this as a very smart move for survival. Ah, that's right. That's right. So definitely, they need to use the VC money to invest in more <laughs> tech infrastructure. Oh. I guess. Um, oh, by the way, by the way, it wasn't just Elon Musk this week. It was also Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, did you manage to catch him? By the way, I saw. I I knew of the session, but I didn't. I did wasn't able to catch the session. Uh, but I heard that from what I saw from other people's tweets, he also broke the servers. Like people were just going crazy over the the appearance of such a celebrity star. And which is very interesting because it's like I actually entered into a room right on that that talks about uh social media tactics specifically around TikTok and how you can grow your uh, follower follower base. And one of the TikTokers who I follow was speaking, and that person was based is based in US. And never would I have thought that I would be able to hear him speak at such a near proximity to me. Like it was just like. It's as if he was talking to me, and if I were to talk to him back, right? Imagine like your your favorite celebrity say, "Hey James, how are you doing?" Yes, I agree with you, James. Oh, that, that's 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 a great great engagement right there. And yeah, like, I know, but that 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 feeling of you know fangirling or fanboying, whatever you might call it, it's there. And you makes makes you want to stick with the app, right? Exactly, exactly, and and that's part of the addictive factor of the app is to make. Uh, make these intellectuals or these experts or these well-known people in the industry more accessible to the masses, it, to the point whereby in the past maybe you need to find their manager or their email to be able to contact them, and even if you were to contact them, they might not even answer you. But if they happen to be in the same room as you and they are speaking, and you are you have the opportunity to talk to them or ask them questions, then it's like your opportunity is there. Right, and, and it's also good for the for the celebrity or whoever that is speaking, to le- to build on top of their engagement as well. Ah, that's true. Uh, so it's win win for both sides, exactly. for the fans and also for the celebrities themselves. Mm-hmm. So, does that mean that maybe in the future, um, take uh, Clubhouse could monetize this way as well, connecting people to experts? Sure, sure. I mean, if you take a look at it from a very niche vertical. Sp- Specific point of view, there are already companies that are monetizing on a, a celebrity or an expert's time, whereby you have to pay for ten minutes of uh talking time with a certain celebrity, for example. Uh, and usually the value proposition in it is either you know things that you gain out of this conversation is non-Googleable, therefore it's valuable, or like like you would you would not be able to interact with that person in any other way in such a fast manner. So definitely, Clubhouse can also leverage on this uh, vertical to expand, especially since Clubhouse is very uh, heavily centered on intellectual slash businessy slash techy conversations. Definitely, there's an opportunity. Mm. 
I agree. Okay. I mean, even if I were to draw back, uh, link it back to the venture capital world, right? There are already rooms uh, hosted by certain individuals in the VC community hosting like founders sessions, pitching sessions, just for founders to pitch to them or ask them questions, get feedback on how their pitching style is like and things like that or ask them about like any questions that they are uh, having troubles with in their daily life in running a business. Like that Q&A session is basically... Uh, uh, kind of like consultation session if you will so i thought that was pretty cool and definitely monetizable right and it's like you said it's very valuable information you cannot get it so easily out there like you can't just go to a vc for example imagine a founder just co- going to you mm-hmm. like hey can i practice my pitch They're like, <laughs> hey. like why <laughs> you'll be like ah. but then on the clubhouse itself the experience is, is far more smooth where like oh you are in the same room and maybe the room's topic is about pitching mm-hmm and this is also one thing that Twitter has to think about, right? As it uh, builds on top of Twitter spaces. Because right now, when you enter the Clubhouse app, you immediately see rooms. That's your first point of contact. And then you self-select yourself in the rooms. But, but then for Twitter spaces, uh, while it is currently not available to me or you in our region right now, uh, from what I understand, it's basically a audio room that is centered around a particular thread or a particular post. So it's not necessarily that you enter Twitter and then you see a room right up straight up mm. so that might be a different user's experience altogether right that that serves a different purpose and also contributing to the factor for why i think clubhouse is here to stay i see but then let's go back to the topic about celebrities tech ex- executives um when they like you said when they first open up the app to these people it made it very exclusive can i mm-hmm. use the word exclusive mm-hmm. and well anything that is exclusive people are attracted to it but That's then, true. since Elon Musk on Monday, people like me who are who are not part of this VC circle, not part of this executive circle, decided to join as well, just because I want to listen to Elon Musk directly. So I guess you can say that the floodgate has opened. Well, I wouldn't... Like, I, I don't have enough information to determine whether Elon Musk was the trigger to opening the floodgates. But what I have realized is, so I joined mid-January. When I joined... I only have two invites to give another person. And when I joined, the Southeast Asian community was barely there. But two weeks later, um, I my the number of invites that I have increased to five. Okay. And then as of last week, it increased to eight. And at the same time, I'm starting to see different communities from the various Southeast Asian and East Asian countries that are mentioned joining. So I think it could be a coincidental or it could be planned by Clubhouse itself uh, but they are definitely opening the floodgates to more and more mass users as we speak so the argument there about the floodgates right um, do you think opening the floodgates making the app less exclusive because now I, I see so many people signing up every day like people in my contacts oh yeah, yeah me too like it's like one shot I have like 10 people in my contacts and the, and, and the app will inform you whenever a new contact uh, gets onto Clubhouse. So there was one day where I, when I opened my app and I saw like 10 new names in my contact list and, and I'm like, wow, it's, it's, it's beginning. Right, <laughs> yeah. So do you think this will reduce the app appeal of Clubhouse? Not necessarily. I don't think it will affect the quality of content necessarily. In fact, by opening the floodgates to more Southeast Asian thought leaders, we can have like our own conversations, right? Led by our own uh, experts, our own celebrities. So that's one thing. Mm. Second thing, because of the successful content seeding, in my opinion, um, 
and it's successful because I feel like now when people enter the app, they already know what to expect in terms of responsibility on their part. Like there, there is like a certain benchmark into the type of content, so to speak, that is being put out and that needs to be replicated by new users. Ah, I see. But then like, wouldn't there be all this, I wouldn't say fraudulent, but uh, bad actors that will try to maybe, uh, like maybe Elon Musk was inside, then he, he or she records Elon Musk conversation and then sell it somewhere else. Right, so what the app currently does is, you, yes, you can do a screen recording, but I mean, the app, tries to prevent people from doing that they have they have like uh notifications that tell you hey you're not supposed to do this when you're screen recording uh and i guess like by nature of establishing the norms and the rules of the app itself we don't really see a lot of people screen recording today or at least i have not seen it on my side right i also haven't seen it actually yeah exactly so i guess i guess so I guess it's the whole thing about like culture and, and formation of what this app is and how to behave on this app that is very important. And that's why they started off very exclusive because they want to set the bar high. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. Now like now that the bar is really high, people who want to maintain their status within the app, they have to adhere to all these rules. Exactly. And not yeah. just maintaining status, right? But if you're a new user, you already have the expectation to follow the same path mm. and not deviate from it. Sorry, and deviate. What am I saying? And I think it's it's back to the fact that yeah, it's trying to sell knowledge within the That's app a nice itself. way to put it, yes. And you as a listener, what you want to gain is knowledge and mm-hmm. maybe people are not trying to gain monetary value out of it. They mm-hmm. just want to learn from all these big names that mm-hmm. are available in Clubhouse and are mm-hmm. available elsewhere. And it's very interesting because on the one hand, people do love to talk about themselves, their stories, their challenges, and p- specifically their challenges. Because I realize people are more open to talk about their biggest worries, uh, their biggest nightmares and whatnot on the app. And you don't necessarily see them posting it on like an Insta story, asking for advice or posting on like Facebook or even TikTok for that matter. Right, because I think on Facebook uh, or Instagram, people who are your friends follows you. Yeah. Or your family members mm-hmm. even. But on Clubhouse, it's more neutral. There are a lot of people who doesn't know you. Mm-hmm. You just go into a room, you just decide to talk. Most likely your friends are, in there, are not there then this becomes an avenue for you to share your problems your um issues in mm-hmm. life and but with n- little to no consequences yeah right so speaking of that um so i guess you've been into a lot of rooms yourself regina mm-hmm. so why don't you tell us more about maybe some of the interesting th- things you have found or maybe the craziest things that you have seen in clubhouse okay craziest okay there are a lot of rooms, but crazy rooms, not so much, which is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, but, but when I say crazy rooms, I mean it in a very good, in, in a good way. So, for example, in December, towards the end of December, um, there was this room uh, that, was, that hosted a Lion King musical. Lion like King. a live Lion King musical on Clubhouse. The whole thing. And the whole thing. And, and you can basically listen to it for free. And the people who were performing it are they are basically a, a community of like forty black uh, performers. And maybe some of them have like the theater backgrounds, but because of COVID, you know, and everything, like the physical theaters have shut down. Um, and then now they are trying to find new ways and new 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 reimaginations of what a live experience could be like. So they basically got together. Uh, they auditioned on Clubhouse itself. 
they rehearsed on Clubhouse itself and then they put out this grand performance in the in the structure of how a physical musical uh, debut day would look like. So you have your lunchtime show, you have your dinner show as well. Oh, that's insane. That's 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 some pretty crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, and and in total, I think there were about like f- over five thousand people who joined. That's a full room. It's a full room. <laughs> that's that's really cool. That these people are very creative, like using a voice-only app and then making it into a musical. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense, actually. But who would have th- who would have thought of that, right? But it also is a very natural extension of Clubhouse, right? Because like if you are a singer or or a performer, naturally you would have like a good audio setup at home or in the studio already. And you're just basically leveraging on what you do on a day-to-day basis and putting out content into a new app. Speaking of which, I wonder what Clubhouse would transition into or, or develop into uh, towards the, the music industry. Hmm. What's your personal opinion? I, I'm not very... Because we talk about the craziest rooms, right? I also right. have been into weird rooms. Weird. <laughs> weird rooms. And, and this particular weird room is basically like a lullaby room where people play music in the background and basically to sleep or to like meditate and things like that. Like no one talks. You just basically enter into the room. There will be like uh, either like ASMR or soft lullaby music that, that tries to put you to sleep. Uh, and yeah, then that's about it. But then there are also other rooms on the more musical front whereby there's like one single DJ that's putting out his work to a room full of hundreds of people that are just listening. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Damn. And I see, I see, <laughs> I see the the wheels turning into in your head, James. Yeah, you want to be a musician yeah, one day? Maybe you should try myself. Like, <laughs> maybe my voice sounds nice in Clubhouse, and people will start listening to me. Time to monetize. <laughs> Time to monetize my voice. Career change. Career change from software engineer to a musician on Clubhouse. Right. Um, maybe uh, maybe I'll share my the the weird things that I not not weird. Oh yes, I would love things. to I would love to hear about that. So one crazy thing and one weird thing. Crazy thing. Um not so much about Oh crazy. Okay. Uh, okay, this I wouldn't say crazy, but it's unique. Okay. Like it's not something that I will see anywhere else. Um, but of course, I've only used the app for quite uh, for a much shorter time than you, right? And I was in this language learning room. I saw a lot of. I realized that Clubhouse is the perfect avenue for you to learn language, because you just try to speak, right? You so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So there's a lot of Japanese um, speaking rooms. There are Chinese speaking, even Hebrew. Honestly, I don't know how Hebrew. No I don't way. Know, I don't know how he- Hebrew that's sounds. That's awesome. Yeah, but then like what. I was so surprised when I entered this Japanese room because, you know, the notion of Japanese language, the notion of Asian language, I would have expected to see um, more Asian people inside. But this one night I entered the room just because I want to listen to the Japanese speak. I have no idea what they say. Then I noticed that there are um, people with um, profile pictures of African-American background and they're speaking so fluent Japanese. That's... I thought it was like, I was like, oh, like, damn, that's that's very interesting. Like, I would have never thought or even seen somewhere, like something like that somewhere else. Wow, holy shit! Right, and that's like, I was like, oh, so it shows like there Wait, are and, and they are learning Japanese or are they conversing in Japanese fluently? Um, the room says learning Japanese, so there's a native speaker right there, and um, I think they are practicing their Japanese. But then to me, that 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 woman was very fluent already mm-hmm. <laughs> like i don't see the point of her learning japanese anymore <laughs> but but yeah she she definitely did and i was so so impressed like 
I was like, oh, and that motivates me to learn Japanese actually, or to learn Mandarin. Then that's why I started following more communities that are based mm-hmm. around languages, to so that maybe I could randomly hop in and mm-hmm. just practice for five ten minutes. Right, right. That's oh, that's interesting. I mean, if you were to f- if if let's say you are learning Japanese right now and you want to find a community to practice conversational Japanese with, like outside of your tra- Japanese class, like how would you find, right? How would you find a group right, of peers? It's very hard. And in fact, maybe like you said, if I do it face to face, I'll be a bit more shy. But mm-hmm. on Clubhouse, I can slowly transition, like speaking to a more wider audience. Mm-hmm. Um, like, cause I only I know that can, they can only hear my voice; they can't see my face. They right, can only see my right. profile picture. And, and they don't know you it. personally. Right. I guess that helps. Yeah. And right. Well, if it's a comment from a native speaker, then you'll know that well, there's something that you can improve on. And in fact. Um, like I said, it encourages you more to practice more. Right, got it, got it. But speaking on the topic of cross-cultural, you know, exchanges and things like that, it goes beyond just language learning. So I just thought of another interesting room that I saw, which was basically a room filled with dads, like young dads with like kids as young as like six months old to like maybe elementary school. They were all in one room, and then they were all based in Tokyo, and none of them were Japanese. They were either like Europeans, Blacks, Americans, Australians, and they were just talking about their experience being a foreigner dad married to a Japanese mom, having kids and raising kids in Tokyo, Japan. Talking about their children's experiences, their difficulties in trying to assimilate uh, into society when they first started out, and things like that. And I thought that was so interesting because you can see already the the types of cultural challenges that the children that their children have to learn to face, which is at home, they might be speaking in a certain language, but in school, they are attending it with like Japanese kids. Like not all of them are in international schools. In fact, a lot of them, cho- a lot of them, their parents chose to bring, uh, put them into like public schools so that they can have that true Japanese growing up experience. So that was pretty cool. Right. And that gives me a thought, like all of this is only possible because of how the app was designed. What I mean by that is, let's compare it to Discord. For Discord, you have to be in a community first. You get an invite link to the Discord server, and then you can start discussing anything you want to discuss about within the community itself. But Clubhouse allows you to explore. Although, although I do find that uh, finding rooms is a bit hard, finding clubs is a lot, communities is a lot easy, easier. And then, but then like, I like how they allow you to explore communities and join them and join these communities without without like without having a, a link like yeah no connection right. without without any connection to anyone inside and you can just go in while on discord you have to connect it with for example reddit and post your uh, discord server there and you can start pe- get you can get to see people joining into the server right, but for right. clubhouse like i could just be randomly scrolling mm-hmm. and then joining um a particular room that i thing is could be interesting just just from the title right so just to clarify if i were to join a community in discord i have to either receive the link from the host himself or herself or find the link on reddit um right so kind of like um a lot of subreddits now has a discord server but you're right so if i want to join i need mm-hmm. a link towards the right discord right server. right so this differs from clubhouse whereby you don't need links at all you just join the app and then all the rooms will be basically visible to you correct Got it. So, um, Regina, are there 
anything else interesting out of Clubhouse that you've seen, considering you know your extended air time compared to me? <laughs> right. Uh, actually, I do have. I do have another story to tell, or rather observation, that, but it's not in relation to any clubhouse rooms that I've been in, but rather it's in relation to a growth hack that I've seen an outsider do that benefits clubhouse directly. Oh, tell us more. And this is not an ini- initiative by clubhouse, I just wanted to put it out there. So basically, this, this was a very unintentional, unintentional growth hack for clubhouse. So there, there is this guy that I chanced upon uh, when I was Googling, you know, how do I get Clubhouse invites? <laughs> so this guy named uh, Felix Josman, he started a Clubhouse pay it forward invite train on Medium and it went viral. So what this train does is basically he's saying that, hey, you know, uh, go to buymeacoffee.com, which is which is a website that works uh, that, that has the same ethos as or rather a similar uh, ethos as Patreon uh, helping creators to monetize so basically he's saying that you know buy me at least $30 worth of coffee of course it's not literal coffee but you know pay him $30 and then he will basically add you to a group of uh, a WhatsApp group uh, where basically there are people there that he can match you with to get the invite code so he's oh. like a matchmaker and What's crazy is he's charging $30 now, right? At least. When I, before I joined, which was like three weeks ago, he was charging at least half the price. Oh. So, I mean, this is just a signal that the demand, there is... Business is going well for him. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Business is going well. Demand for Clubhouse is increasing. And what's also very crazy is that he has enough people, or rather he has gathered a sufficient pool of people to guarantee you as a new as a potential new user that once you join this WhatsApp group, you are able to be invited into the app uh, within thirty minutes to three hours, depending on your time zone. Oh, I see. So, like people who are desperate to get an invite could just pay him. Yeah, I mean, like there are many people who are desperate on Twitter. Like people are like just begging for invites, and even when the Elon Musk thing happened, right? Even um, then, like people who have the invites to give out, they were willingly like giving it out to people who who need them. Oh, I see. So I mean, like, there's that community community flywheel there. But I mean, what this guy Felix has done is really very admirable. I mean, to go out of, out of, to go out of his way to do this for fun. He's not being paid to do this. I mean, I I'm sure he has a day job somewhere, and he's just doing this to uh, to build up his growth hacking portfolio, maybe. But the the very fact that he actually put this to action and managed to get about 600 people into the app using this method is wild. And this is not his first experience doing this. He also did a similar growth hacking thing for another uh, platform, another invite-only platform called Hey Email. So it's the it's email application built by Basecamp. Oh, I, I love see. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe we should check that out. I should check that out next time. Yeah, maybe we can invite him on, uh, to be a guest on our podcast to talk about growth you, hacking. You tweet on him. But then maybe it's a good sign for me to start monetizing my invites. <laughs> I mean, you could easily... Yeah, that's a good idea. You can do it for the Southeast Asian people. Create a Southeast Asia invite train. Invite pay it forward train. <laughs> But the only downside is you you have to constantly be on your phone, in waiting for people to come. Not really waiting. I'm I'm sure people will come to you, but just that you have to do the back end of like matching people, be on the on the ball, uh, twenty four seven. But I think as the more as more people are coming in, um, invites will get easier to get, and maybe his services won't be needed anytime um in the future. I mean, ultimately, this app is still going to be an exclusive app for 
for a while more. I don't think it will be that mainstream so fast. Uh, and basically, you know, like this, the guy that I just mentioned, he was also leveraging on the fact that people were reselling their invites on eBay for prices ranging from $100 to like $5,000. Still, wow. $5,000 for an invite to Clubhouse. It's crazy. Yeah, that's really crazy. That's, uh, I should monetize. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I do believe that the Clubhouse app will remain exclusive for at least a good bulk of 2021. Oh, okay. Makes sense. But, okay, let's talk about, we were talking about the future a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Do you think Clubhouse and what we're doing now, podcasting, are they killing each other? I mean, is Clubhouse trying to kill podcasting? Or what's your opinion on that? Wow, the deep question. <laughs> so you're asking whether there will be a conflict of existence between podcasting and clubhousing. Right, I guess that's the word that, that I want to say. Mm-hmm. I think... Hmm. I like to think of myself as an optimistic person. Okay. So I would say there is definitely an opportunity for both to coexist with one another because if you think about it, right, historically, going back to the days of radio and and how uh, people are forming their music careers out of radio, mm. right? Like usually in the past, at least, when you're driving, you listen to a song that and that song could be like a new song by an, an existing artist or a new artist, that would likely be your first touch point to the song in the past. And that is also a very important touch point for the artist to tap into to gain new followers, new fans, or to retain fans, right? So in other words, I feel like radio is a good channel for musicians or artists to get new sales on their end. And the relationship between a clubhouse and its hosters or users can be said to be similar. Because Clubhouse, because of its ease of use, will in the long run produce far more audio content than the podcasting ecosystem. And this also means that it makes discovery and recommendation easier from the point of view of creators as well as the users. So if you think about it, if podcasting is the platform equivalent to the platform where singers release songs, and then so then Clubhouse can be said to be the discoverability platform akin to the radio platform. So much so that as a new creator, if you want to become a new podcaster, you can gain followers from Clubhouse app itself. So oh. so what I also mean by that is let's say if you enter a room and you really like someone who is speaking at the moment and that person can leverage on Clubhouse to kind of you know, plug in his or her uh, YouTube channel or podcasting Spotify channel uh, on the app itself. The listener by nature of being interested in the speaker would be willing to kind of go off platform to discover hey, who this person is, find the person's podcasting channel on Spotify or wh- wherever that is available follow the person and voila uh-huh. you get a new follower it's like that person that you mentioned the person who play music on the on a single room he oh started, yeah, he started yeah, a room yeah. just to play music mm-hmm. his music mm-hmm. and I think that's that, they make, that makes a lot of sense actually mm-hmm. like Clubhouse as a growth platform right right um, because because Clubhouse is more a discussion platform whereas podcasting on your dedicated existing platforms right now is more topic centric Less uh-huh. discussion focus. So if you want to hear about your op- opinions of a certain from a certain person regarding a certain topic, you go to podcast. If you want to hear about uh, what other people think 
or how how are debates like for certain topics, you go to Clubhouse. Right. So it's like very much complementary to each other. I feel. So would you promote our podcast in in the rooms that you know? Sure, and in fact, we should start one together, one clubhouse room together. Oh, that makes that gives an idea. Maybe in the future, if anyone from Clubhouse is listening, um, start a feature for you to be able to record officially, like whatever conversation is happening, mm-hmm. like asking everyone's permission mm-hmm. automatically mm-hmm. within the app, and then you can just upload it as a podcast. Yeah. To Spotify or something. Mm-hmm. Right, so Regina, uh, are there anything else about Clubhouse that maybe we should know? I think, you know, there is still a lot more to be discovered with Clubhouse. I've only had like a month of experience on the app and I'm definitely looking forward to what's there uh, in store for the next week and the coming weeks ahead. Same with me. I'm waiting for another Elon Musk (laughs) room and I hope I can get into one. Yeah, and, and I'm looking forward to more, you know, Southeast Asian centric uh, rooms to be opened up. It could be any topic. I would be very interested to see where, like, the diversity of uh, different niche topics that exist on the app. Mm. So, if there are any listeners who would like to um, discuss with us, maybe we could start a room. Yeah, then maybe we, we can like, name in. it like Kohi Chats. Right, and then uh-huh. people just join in and maybe they c- they, that could be a direct feedback to what mm-hmm. we can talk about within our podcast itself. That is true, that is true. Alright, so I'll see you on Clubhouse, James. I'll see you on Clubhouse, Regina. Alright, thanks guys. Look forward to our episode 2 coming up mm. next week. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> okay, bye guys. Bye-bye.